Hope. It's what military families need today. Join Hope for the Warriors once a month as we talk with America's heroes and those that support them. Through open conversations and honest dialogue, learn more about the topics that are most impacting the military community. Welcome to the Hope for the Warriors podcast. I'm Kate Dudley, a military spouse and your host. Welcome to this episode of the Hope for the Warriors podcast. This month, we're hitting a topic that hits close to home for so many of us, and that is financial wellness. At Hope for the Warriors, we strive to support our veterans and their families and recognize that financial well-being plays a crucial role in their overall quality of life. We'll be joined by a couple of experts from Hope who are dedicated to empowering veterans with the knowledge and tools they need to achieve financial stability and success. So whether you're a veteran looking for valuable financial insights, a family member seeking ways to support your loved ones, or just someone who wants to gain a better understanding of the importance of financial wellness for veterans, this episode is for you. And this episode is for me too, because budgeting, finances, all of that has been such a talking point in my life as a military spouse and a mom. So I am thrilled to have Hope's Director of Clinical Case Management and Financial Wellness, Shelly Rodriguez, and Hope's Lead Intakes Coordinator, Nicole Howard on. Shelly, Nicole, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks, Kate. Thank you so much for having us. Awesome. Before we dive in, can you tell me about your background with Hope? Shelly, I will start with you. Hi, everyone. My name is Shelly Rodriguez, longtime military spouse, coming to Hope about 12 years ago when I started working on my MSW and kind of progressing around as we've changed our organization within clinical health and wellness. So it's been about 12 years. I I joke and often say I'm one of the old hats here and really seem old, but Hope's undergone a lot of changes since its inception. So glad to be here with you all. Yeah. So I have been here for five and a half years. I've been in intakes um, during that time frame, which means I get to be the first point of contact when people complete an application. Um, so I get to um, say hi first, basically. I also am currently a in my MSW and I am doing my internship with Shelly in the clinical health and wellness um, side. So I get to see a little bit of both sides of the house right now. And I am currently completing my financial social work certification at the same time. So really busy, but really excited about where that's going to lead. In my past life, I was in banking for 15 years. And for a major portion of that, I was I'm what was called the special assets administrator, which is just a fancy name for head of collections. And so I worked with people struggling on the, you know, with their finances, but on the other side, I was the one calling saying, hey, you need to make your payments and trying to figure out how to help them do that. I was just going to say, she's the caller. A lot of times we're, you know, working with veterans who are talking about, yep, getting those dreaded collections calls. And and I think, you know, before we get too far into it, just wanted to make a point about what Nicole said, which was trying to help them figure out a way, a way, right? So sometimes, and we preach this a lot in our work, is uh, one of the questions that we will ask is, have you talked to your lender? Have you talked to who you're paying money to? Because they might be able to help you. Yes, I tell all of my clients as well. You know, oftentimes the bank is your 
best line of defense. And it seems scary and people don't want to call because they think, you know, I don't want to talk to them about being late, but I can guarantee you the bank knows that you're late and they would rather hear from you and know why you're late and be able to have that conversation than to have, you know, radio silence on the other end and not know anything about what's going on. Well, this is really interesting because I mentioned in the opening that financial well-being plays a role in the quality of life. Would you agree with that and why? You know, as we bring social work perspective to our clients and their entire well-being, you can't ignore the impact of financial wellness. It impacts every part of your day-to-day when you wake up and um, what you eat and what you wear. And if you go to work, if you don't, we are inundated with financial responsibilities and personal responsibilities, all of which require money. So we want to notice that, make notice of that. In American society, we are not really comfortable talking about it, especially if it's negative. If it's good, if you're buying a yacht, you're going to put that on Facebook. But if you are struggling or you're hiding out, you don't know how you're going to pay your bills or your lights are shut off, that's considered shameful. It's not necessary. We don't think it's shameful, but to the person experiencing it, there's a lot of shame that comes along with that. And so it's vital that you look at it and it's it's along the lines of therapy, for instance. So when when folks want to engage in counseling or therapeutic services, it's not supposed to be easy. It's going to be hard and it's going to kind of be painful. So people will avoid because they'd rather not address it, just ignore it. And it's not there, but that's certainly not a healthy way to do it. And you kind of dig a deeper hole. So we certainly agree that it's a huge part of your overall well-being and you have to hit it head on just like anything else. If you were struggling physically, hopefully you would want to address whatever is causing the problem and deal with it. And we certainly believe that if you're experiencing psychological issues, mental health concerns, right, that is a part of being human. I call it the human condition. Then you want to address that too, to be healthy and be the best part of you that you can be. And you can't ignore money. I recently did a lot of research in this area because I had a presentation and I was stunned to learn how finances affect us physically. You know, there's sleep loss. Um, in tw- like 2019, they stated that about 50% of all Americans report that they have sleep loss directly related to finances. How am I going to pay this bill? What am I going to do? Um, there's anxiety, there's headaches, it creates digestive issues there's high blood pressure, there can be heart issues actually because of the heart, the stress that you're consistently under. It can cause depression where you don't want to get out of bed because like Shelly said, you're not wanting to deal with what's going on. So you just kind of shut down. It can lead to strokes, which it makes sense, but you don't think about that the physical component of that. And with a lot of our clients, they already have some of those symptoms anyway. And so it's just compounding that for sure. Also in your relationships, it is the number one cause of divorce because of the arguments that it creates. We don't really think about that um, when we're thinking about our finances and being financially responsible and having financial wellness, that it affects every single aspect of large portions of our life, our physical health, our mental health, our relationships. So it's crucial to um, make sure that we are taking care of our finances in a way that would also take care of ourselves. You know, we're firm believers in the mind-body connection, which is exactly what Nicole's talking about. So if any of you have ever given a speech, public speaking is the biggest fear among humans, right? It's not even dying. It's like getting up in front of a crowd and 
talking, you experience what we call butterflies in your stomach. And this is a physical reaction to stress, which is up here. So all of that combined, you know, makes you who you are, but can be, can create a lot of conflict if things are tilted one way or the other. I feel like that kind of segues well into the next question, which is what are the most common issues that you both run into when you're working with HOPE clients? Often we see, especially recently, we've seen a huge amount of credit card debt, which is very scary. I don't know that people always are aware of how long it will take to pay that off. So we have some really cool charts that we work with our clients on and just show them how long it will take to even pay off a small amount. So we're seeing lots of credit card debt. I notice people, especially our veterans who are on a fixed income. So we have veterans who are unable to work. And um, so their income is fixed. And when something unexpected happens, they really struggle to do whatever they need to do, plus take care of all their normal responsibilities. We see a lack of budgeting. So this doesn't seem to be maybe something they ever were taught. A lot of people don't use a budget. I mean, I'm I'm working with my 24-year-old right now and asking him, hey, if you're using a budget, you would know that your electric payment did not come out, right? So it's it's that piece of just not of kind of knowing up here, but not having a written plan. Very important to have a written plan, something you can look at. And guys, we're in 2023. There are some amazing apps out there where you can just plug stuff into your budget and it will just give you the numbers. Like you don't even have to really do it yourself, but it's so much better than just looking at your balance, which I think is what people do. They check their checking account. Do I have money? Can I buy coffee? Can I go to lunch? Well, in the old days, we used to have a check register and we'd write down, right? And we subtract. And with electronic stuff now, that's kind of fallen away. And so um, people are just checking their balance. You see that a lot. I think I see a lot of people who have not planned, like you said, for the unexpected, but even if they're not IU, even if they are not on a fixed income, there are families that have two incomes, they're doing well, they're, you know, probably living a little bit beyond their means, they're buying big houses, um, because they can afford it in that moment. But then when something happens, you know, the economy turns and one of them loses their job, or one of our clients has an increase in their symptoms, so they're not able to work any longer, then they don't have the savings or the plan of what do we do next? You know, how do we replace this income? We had, you know, caregivers who were yep. losing caregiver stipend and, you know, what do what do they do with that? They were receiving, you know, $1,200 a month and they are now not receiving that. So where does that income come from? What, you know, what needs to be done to be able to shift the budget so that they can still make their payments? And so we see that a lot in intakes of, you know, my spouse lost their job and now we can't pay our bills. There's not a plan of what happens if there is a catastrophe or or there is no longer that um, additional income. It's often a fine line between doing well and really struggling. Dave Ramsey is a popular finance guru. If you like him, you can use him if you don't have to. But I heard him say recently in one of his podcasts or videos was, you know, when you pull up to a traffic light, and he sees all these new cars. And he's like, you know what I see? I see payments. 
So most times people are not paying cash for their cars. And I don't even know that that's necessarily a good choice. I'm just saying, usually there's a payment of some kind. And so when something happens, um, like Nicole's talking about loss of income, death in the family, all these things can happen that have this huge effect on your budget. It no longer looks like what it did. And how can you then adjust? And sometimes that adjustment is is really difficult and, and you have to make really hard decisions. So the planning piece is 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 missing, I think, in regard to a lot of people's finances. We've talked about, Shelly, that you know, many of our clients enter the military right after high school. And so they were at mom and dad's house and now they are in the military. And so when they get to be um, veteran status and they are no longer in the military, they're in, they didn't have to have the same sort of budget. They didn't have to think about the same sort of things because other people thought about those things for them. And so it's a learning curve. And who can help me to figure that out? I'll tell you, Kate, too, one of the components of a budget that I help our social workers evaluate is the line item where it says groceries. Because we we have our clients who get referred over to critical needs, complete a budget, and that's a line item on there. So this is a teaching moment that I often use with interns. Nicole doesn't need it. She's obviously very well experienced. But for sometimes our younger interns who are coming in, I'll say, what does the grocery line item say? And what is the family size? So I'll say family size of six. And they say groceries are $250. And that's a month. And my response is absolutely not. Now, if, if you take a phone call, you're talking to a client or the spouse says, I'm an extreme couponer. I have a pantry full of paper towels and then I will accept $250. But the typical American shopper is not an extreme couponer, but has no idea what they're spending on groceries. And I don't know if you guys have looked around right now, but the cost of groceries is astronomical. So I'm expecting since, I don't know, for a couple of years now to have seen what people put on their budgets to increase. And it really hasn't. Some people are aware, some people are not. And in fact, when I see a large number on that grocery line item, I'm actually more comfortable because that tells me that folks have an awareness of what they're spending. If they're putting $250 and they're feeding six people, I'm not sure that you know where your money's going. I have a concern about that in general. So there are other elements of the budget we could talk about, but that's one of the line items that I focus on because it gives a lot of additional information beyond what they're saying. You mentioned so many times the budget, Shelly, and how important <laughs> budgeting is. Yes, yes, yes. And I just want to know what what conversations do you have with folks about how to handle these situations and the importance of budgeting? Budgets are part of the work that we do on our team with our clients. So when a client applies and gets referred over, regardless of what we call our sub-policy or our qualifier, we have the veteran or the spouse complete a budget. And our clients complete it. They, I've, ne- I've been here a long time and I've never had a client ask, why do you need that? Or I, I don't want to tell you that. Or that never happened. It's never happened to me. They complete it and we use it as a guide for the other work that we're doing. So often our clients are coming to us because they are seeking some kind of financial assistance for whatever reason. And so we group them um, into eligibility categories based on injury and what the circumstance is, what's going on. But we always include the budget regardless of what sub policy or the circumstance. So whether a client is in treatment um, for substance use disorder and or PTSD or just got an eviction notice on the front door, right? So so we we include the budget 
because the importance is great, right? It's it's got a huge impact on what we're doing with our clients. So we're going to talk about, you know, you um, need assistance financially. Talk to me about what's going on. What happened? Let's get some backstory. Let's kind of go through that. They'll send us documents. We look at the documents, namely whatever they need help with. So they'll send a mortgage statement, right? All of that is can be very telling too, because statements and ledgers from property managers give an insight into a history a lot of times of, of what's going on. So that brings them another issue. So the completion of the budget allows us to translate that into the additional work with our client, meaning let's talk about your budget. I've noticed some things on here. I want to talk about it with you. Sometimes, for instance, people will put $0 for the category dining out entertainment. Okay, They'll say they don't spend any money on that. I feel like a lot of times people say that because they think it looks bad. I'm going to a movie. I don't want to say that because they're not going to help me, which is not true at all. I'm looking at what do you usually spend money on? What monthly, what are your responsibilities? And I expect that people swing through McDonald's or I don't know, what's your pleasure in Texas? It's Whataburger. You're swinging through Whataburger um, or whatever it is going to a movie, you've got kids, I know that you're going to do that. So utilizing those numbers allows us hopefully to provide uh, some education sometimes about, hey, you're, you said your groceries are $100 for four weeks. I know it's just you, but that's $25 a week. It allows us to provide some education around finances. And if there are concerns, right, which we talked about earlier, for instance, the debt, and, and we allow ourselves to trust what a client says. So if a client says, I have $30,000 in credit card debt, I'm going to believe that that's the case. It doesn't matter if it's true or not, but they're saying I have this debt load. That offers us an opportunity to provide a resource for education. And we can provide it to ourselves and say, that's that's pretty significant. What Why, why do you have so much credit card debt, right? Um, and again, people will talk about it. It's very rare that a client will balk. And they have, they have talked, you know, and, and that's okay too, but it's important to talk about it. And I I think too, I talked with you last time, Kate, about making time for your money, right? Make time, spend some time every day, right? Things that are important to you, spend time with them. You know, you're shopping for a dress, you're spending time doing that. You're on Amazon, we're all on Amazon, right? Looking at stuff, you're buying stuff. If you're a foodie, you know, you're eating out, you're looking at food, you're talking about food, whatever it is, it's your passion, you're spending time with. And But sometimes you got to spend time with things that you don't like to spend time with, right? Like exercise for me, or um, money for most of us, because it's not fun. And often you have to face the reality that, man, I just don't think we're going to be able to take that trip next month. We just don't have money for it, you know? So hard decisions come with sometimes money management, but in the end, it's it's it pays off big time. I think we also live in a instant gratification yeah. world now that you know yeah. wasn't necessarily true in the past. And so, like Shelly just said, sometimes you have to say, "I'm not going to take this trip," you know, that we had planned for. We've been planning it for five months, but you know, Bobby needed braces and. Yeah now we don't have the funds and to be able to not whip out a credit card they were going anyway to be able to make those hard decisions and say for right now we just can't go 
And nobody wants to do that. It's not fun. And, you know, people are disappointed, but it's having those conversations with your spouse, with yourself of what, what is real and what should I be doing? One of my favorite quotes is, and it kind of goes to that, the budgeting is Benjamin Franklin said, if you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. That is so important when we're talking about anything, but especially budget. If you're not looking at your budget, then at some point you're going to get tripped up. You know, we have clients who call, who say, you know, three months of my electric bill didn't come out because I had it on auto pay and something happened and the auto pay didn't work anymore. And so now all of a sudden they have a large bill that they weren't expecting. But if they would have been actively spending time with their money, with their app, with whatever it is, they would see, oh, the electric bill didn't come out this month. Wonder why? And then you'll be able to contact the uh, electric company and get it rectified when it's still at a $80 balance instead of a $300 balance. You know, life is hectic. And I, I think you just have to make the time. And that's, you know, people also say, don't have time. I don't have time. You do. You do. We all have time. We make time for things that are important. Sometimes we're busier than other times. But you just have to make time. It doesn't have to be a lot of time. You don't have to spend two hours going over your budget, just a little time. But it'll have huge payouts in the end. So the planning piece is so important. It's not fun, but I think that over time, once you get used to it, if you miss it, it's like working out. Once you become used to it, if you miss a day, you're like, something's off. I don't feel quite right. Feels good. Same thing with your money. Same thing. You know, you're like, I don't, I didn't check yesterday. I need to look at it and make sure you feel better. Before my husband was my husband, the way that he would <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm, oh, this is just I'm waiting with bated breath. <laughs> the way that he would check his account balance was he would call the bank and <gasps> literally do the automated message <sighs> of this yes. is how much I have. Okay. And this was absolutely mind blowing to me. And I am in I'm a work in progress. I'm really focusing on this. This is a big part of my life now. But when I first met him, I was just absolutely boggled by this because he not only did not have an app he would just call and he's oh i have this much money and i'm like you don't have that much money <laughs> you have this coming you out probably don't yeah but it's amazing because it's just so incredibly common that and i feel like this is just a common topic and we talk about this a lot with financial wellness is people just don't want to talk about these no. things and because no. they're like oh well i don't like if i don't look maybe it's not that bad right right avoidance it's huge it's yeah. i've been there i mean it's not like nicole and i suddenly are you know in our 50s and we're brilliant we all go through periods of time where we're struggling or figuring it out you know there's there's this there's these jokes online about Thank goodness I learned how to play this little stupid recorder in school, but I don't know how to do my taxes, right? Same thing. Money management is huge and we should be talking about it so that especially young people have an idea. And I, I see it in my own kids. You know, my kids are well, 28 on Friday and 24 next month. So they're for all intents and purposes grown, but they're in a position now at their age that's so much better than where my husband and I were when we were their age, you know, just because... I like to think we've educated them, but it's also because they've stayed away from credit card debt, you know, and, and I recognize that sometimes, and, and we talked about this recently um, as a team, this credit card debt, which seems to be an issue. And it's always been an issue, but I see a lot more of it right now because things are hard in our economy. 
it's hard. Inflation is huge. Buying a home is really expensive. Renting is expensive because those costs are passed on, right? Because um, someone owns that building. Property taxes, all the things that go into creating economic difficulty is passed on. So I like to think that our kids have, you know, been educated. And, and I know that debt is sometimes taken on because people don't feel like they have another choice, right? It's not necessarily that they bought jet skis and put them on a credit card. It's that they bought it, they used it for food or they used it for diapers. And over time, because their income hasn't, and, and right now, you know, where we are with inflation, income is really struggling to catch up, to keep up, you know? So it's hard and people have less bang for their buck right now. So a lot of times I think what we're seeing is people are using credit cards to, to maintain their lifestyle. Especially when they're having unplanned events, right? Something happened and somebody has COVID and they're out of work for a week and they didn't have PTO. So now they're not going to get paid for that week. And there's no way to recoup from that because we're living paycheck to paycheck. So therefore, everything that we would be paying for that week goes on a credit card and no judgment zone. I mean, I probably would do the same thing. I'm not, not saying that that's the wrong thing to do, but we don't realize how much that costs. Like Shelly was saying earlier, if you if you slide your card, your credit card, not your debit, but your credit card at McDonald's and you paid $20 for that meal, if you don't pay it off right away, at some point you could be you could have be paying $150 for that meal, just that one meal based upon the interest that accumulates over time. And it's so easy to slide because it's not real money in our heads. This was one of the tools that are used in a lot of financial counseling groups and sessions is use cash. Yep. Actual cash money, not even your debit card, get cash money. And that's what you use. Now, in our world, it's really difficult, right? Everything's online. You can't really pay your electricity bill with, with cash. But that's the idea is that it's real. Whereas to your point, Nicole, a card is just... And, and I think credit cards are the worst because you don't you're not going to see that bill for right where whenever you make it and whenever the billing cycle ends, you may not see it for several weeks. So that is just out of sight, out of mind. And how easy is it? Just I really, I really need these jeans. I have this, I have this podcast coming up. I need the jeans. Nobody's going to see them, and I'm going to need them. I'm just going to put them on the credit card, you know. And you may have the best intentions of paying it off, but then something else comes up. That's life. You know, life continues to roll. So, yeah, it's 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 a hard place to be. Absolutely. And a lot of people don't look at the statement. Right. So you're you're now at you know three thousand five hundred dollars on your credit card and you have no idea what it was for. You know, and again, not being judgy because we've all been there, done that and, you know, may have to do it at some point in the future. But it's just having those conversations. Absolutely. Where are we? Yes. Where are we? Yes. Because that makes a difference. If you're looking at it, you're taking account of it. Um, it makes a huge difference. Even if you do have to do something that's not financially sound, if you can recover from it. How else does Hope for the Warriors help people in these situations? Because a couple of things come to mind for myself. We've looked into SCRA benefits, childcare, yeah. or daycare. Like there are a lot of resources out there and I feel like so many people don't know. So is that something that Hope can help with to help yes. people with ways to, Hey, your interest rates, 28%. I can help you get it down to, you know, 6%. And that's way more manageable. Absolutely. And I tell you, we, 
as an organization, as a team, we will not help them get their interest rate down, but we can help educate them about how they might go about doing that, whether that's provision of a resource or financial wellness counseling, which um, Nicole will be doing soon and I do now. We talk about it. I showed a little handy chart. Do you know how long it's going to, do you know? Do you really know? Let's talk about this. That education piece is so important. To your point, Kate, a lot of people just don't know. I will say for all its, you know, bad press, Facebook is a, is can be really a wealth of knowledge and not from just a standard public, but if you are in a group and a group where there's some kind of uh, administrator who's overseeing it, like a Dave Ramsey group or um, vetted VA, for instance, is, is a group that is for home buying, but it's, it's stocked with professionals who offer real information, not just their guesses. Like, oh, I, I heard through the grapevine if you do this and this. No, I'm talking about legitimate sites where you gain information and, and we are in the information age. It's everywhere, right? You just have to be able to seek it out, find it and apply it, which is a lot. It can be a lot. So Hope for the Warriors offers, as I said, the financial wellness counseling piece. We currently have two certified social workers who offer that one-to-one, talking about your money. Um, it is a judgment-free zone, but we do ask hard questions. We explore options for resolution of some of that. Um, and typically that's going to be redirection, right? Whether it's directing to a bankruptcy attorney, whether it's debt consolidation, we're going to talk about those things. We also offer short-term financial assistance, which I've alluded to during this entire conversation, um, where we can help if you qualify. We have eligibility categories. And if you don't, this is where Nicole's team comes into play. When people apply, if they don't meet the eligibility criteria, then they offer them personalized resource direction for other avenues that might be able to help them. And a lot of times people are unaware. And I, I think it's important to remember that when you're in the bubble of providing resources and information day after day, it's sometimes surprising to me when people don't know about it. I can't tell you how many times um, we hear, like I'll be talking to somebody who has 100% permanent and total rating, and I'll ask them, have you filed for SSDI? And because they're not working, they're unable to work. And they will say, I don't, I don't know what that is, or I don't know how to do so. And we have a great resource that we can send them that will show them how to file for SSDI. And if you have 100% permanent total, you can even have it expedited. But the fact that they don't know that is, like Shelly said, we we know it, but a lot of people don't. And so to be able to provide that resource to where they have access to monthly funds that are coming in can be life-changing. And a lot of people are misinformed. We talked about this earlier, right? In the Marine Corps, they call it the Lance Corporal Underground. Oh, you heard that on the Lance Corporal Underground, meaning, you know, it's just talk. It's just street talk. But people often hear it and take it as valid information. It's not. So people will say things like, oh, I, I was told I didn't qualify for that because I'm not old enough. Well, that's another kind of disability. I'm talking about SSDI. You've worked. You should rate this. So I encourage you to apply. Things like that. So it's overcoming sometimes misinformation and kind of providing the right route. So I'm gathering it's really important to communicate, ask questions, and focus on financial wellness as much as anything else in your life, right? Emotional wellness, your health. Absolutely. It's the whole package. 
I would say it's equally as important, if not more important, because of the fact that, you know, if, if you're in great physical health, but your finances are, you know, completely uh, destroyed, uh, you're going to have experienced some thoughts about that, some feelings about that. It's going to, you know, be consuming. So I think it's, you know, it equally in that pyramid, you know, mental health, physical and financial are all kind of on each ends of that pyramid and should be equally balanced. When you look at balance and just the military lifestyle in general, yeah. it can be a little unpredictable. Absolutely. Yes. How should people that are listening prepare for those potential situations and kind of going off of that? Mm-hmm. Why is it so important to have an emergency fund and be ready for things that you might not normally be ready for? Yeah, I, I think our, our active duty community, and, and again, I was part of that for a long, long time, 27 years. And looking back now as a veteran spouse, I am sometimes amazed at everything that our active duty families go through because it is a consistent upending of your life because there's always orders. Transition is part of what you do on the constant, right? It's, it's we're talking about balance. So hard to maintain that balance when you don't know what's around the next corner. You know what's coming. Something's coming. You don't know what it is. It's very, very hard. And it and it creates so many challenges. And I'm not surprised that people are stressed out all the time. Maintaining a foundation of balance for the things you can is vital so that you can it, you have a buffer because you know the unexpected things are going to happen, even if you're not an active duty military family. If you're a human, unexpected things are going to happen in your life. But if you can maintain a balance for the things that you can, if you have a problem, seek help. There's all these things that you are kind of juggling all the time. And it's this crazy world of unknowing. Um, And then something's going to happen. I promise, especially for our active duty military families, something's going to happen. Orders, war, mishaps that impact your unit or your friend's unit or I it's it's there's something always happening. So when those things happen, if you can be prepared at a foundational level, the basic things in life, then you have a buffer there. The planning, we talked about this earlier, is so important. And it's hard. If you can storm plan periodically, the dividends are amazing. So what that looks like is cutting out all unnecessary crap, you know, no McDonald's. Uh, you know, no apps, no buying games on your phone. Cut all of that out and just hammer down. If you have debt, get that paid off or get it lowered as much as you can. Save money so that you have a nest egg. Because even if you're not retiring, if you're an active duty family, active duty time is going to end. I mean, for our enlisted personnel, there's an EAS date and you know what it is. Now you may re-enlist, you may not, but plan for that date save money. We can help look at a budget, see where there's ways we can help. And sometimes that means helping with employment. Um, We have an awesome group of transition folks at Hope for the Warriors who can help with that creation of a resume. They're amazing over there. So there's, there's resources and ways that we can redirect to that people don't know about. If they feel stuck, you know how we talked about, you don't know what you don't know. You know, we can provide sometimes that knowing piece. I think that's a great way to end this podcast episode because it's important for folks to know that 
hope for the warriors can help on multiple levels. And yes. I think this was incredibly insightful to talk about budgeting and emergency planning and just having those conversations, even though they might be hard, they might be difficult, but it's just very important to have them and talk about them. Mm-hmm. And for financial wellness month, we're looking ahead. You're thinking already, we have holidays coming up, That's right. coming up, That's new right. resolutions. So the time to really start talking about this, thinking about this, focusing on this is now. Absolutely. And there's no better day than the present. Do it now. Start now. Start now. Nicole, I'm happy to help you. Well, thank you both so much for being on here today. Thanks, Thanks Kate. For having us. Saying holidays, it's a little rough. I can't believe Christmas is just around the corner. Make sure you check the show notes of this episode for financial wellness resources, including some really helpful budgeting apps that I'm sure can help you during the holiday season. And make sure you tune in next month for National Veterans and Military Families Month. I was at Forward Air's Drive for Hope Golf Tournament in Georgia recently, where I asked a handful of service members what Veterans Day means to them. You can hear those responses in that episode as well. And let me tell you, it really puts Veterans Day into perspective. Until next time, keep in mind, a little kindness goes a long way. Hope. That's what our military community needs today.